Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman, and I still don't see your truck in the parking lot, Mr. Shane Reeves. Tomorrow. Uh-huh. Hopefully. Famous will, last word. Yeah. yeah, it's four weeks now you're going? Something like that. Hopefully, <laughs> by this time, by the time this show drops, I'll be listening to it riding down the road with the sunroof open and a cigar. This was one of those weeks when I pulled up, and I knew because I was so late that you were here. So when I didn't see your truck, I knew that you must not have it back yet. But regardless of my truck woes, I've been having, I've been excited about this show all week long. Oh, yeah? And uh, first, we get to settle all our arguments. We have John Brennan with us, Jonathan Brennan. Yep, I'm back again. He's here to settle all the arguments between you and I. He gets to vote one way or the other. Okay. Have you been keeping tabs again since the last time he was on? Jonathan is as close to an impartial third party as we'll ever get. Until he's wrong. Well, he's, he's not... <laughs> I'm right most of the time. He's not a man of exquisite passion. He's not, not a super passionate by nature person. So he's prone to good logical decisions. Okay. Which means he's going to agree with me most of the time. Um, but I've got to put him on the spot first thing tonight. Can we light cigars first thing? That's what... That's, okay. that's The okay. spotlight is fixing to be on Jonathan... You have to make a decision. Okay. I brought two cigars for you. All right. I brought you the Fuente Chateau, Queen Bee, or the King Bee. Ooh. Which one will you choose? Ooh. I'll take the King Bee. You'll take the King Bee. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about tonight is what you can tell about, about a man by the way he smokes his cigar. Okay. So judgment has begun. He's obviously not secure enough in his masculinity to smoke the queen. Uh, the king bee is a much better cigar. <laughs> no, I typically go over these two. I'll typically go for the, um, oh, what is it? I ran a blank Cuban Bellicoso. That's it. That's typically the one I go for. So if I want a Bellicoso that's Fuente, I'll typically go for the Cuban Bellicoso. Now, so. have you had the king bee before? If I, It's probably been a while. If I have, I don't remember it, though. Well, what are you smoking, Trey? So we have talked on the show many a time about your best cigar experience and the, all, all this stuff. And we always talk about how you win the lottery is the day when you're having your best cigar. But because the day you lose your job, if you're already having a bad day, a good cigar isn't going to turn it around. I'm going to challenge that theory tonight. <laughs> My afternoon w was just shot all to hell. I walked in in a foul mood. I just It was a high-stress day. Nothing was going right. And I said, screw it. I am buying a good, good, expensive cigar. So this is the Oliva Master Blend, also known as the Master Blend 3, Churchill. It's about a $15 cigar, which is something that I don't think I've ever... like. When was the last time you saw me spin that on a cigar? Right. Uh, it's made out of limited quantities, and uh, made in limited quantities on the Oliva farm. It's Nicaraguan grown Cuban seed uh, and Lajero fillers over a sun-grown broadleaf wrapper. In my opinion, this is the best cigar that Oliva makes. And it's an unsung hero. It's, it's like I said, Churchill sitting in at $14, $15 at like at a retail shop after tax is not 
really that bad. And for all you get out of this cigar, it is spicy. It is flavorful. It is well-balanced. It's even a pseudo box press. It's kind of an oval, which is just really fun. Um, but I love this cigar and don't smoke it nearly enough. And both of your eyes are glazing over, so that tells me it's time to shut up and get it lit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm watching you profess, profess your love. And I'll now, what's the other Oliva, the one that I like, starts with an M? Melanios. Melanio. Yeah, which is based off the Serie V, which dollar for dollar, they're about the same price. I think this is better. The Master Blend's a good cigar, so this week... It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's Sharknado week. Sci-Fi Channel premieres Sharknado 6. It's about time. We're going to have Dolph Lundgren and riding dinosaurs fighting Sharknados. I can't hardly wait. So in honor of Sharknado week, I'm smoking the eye of the shark tonight. Very nice. Very nice choice. Um, It's kind of, this year, this kind of became a controversial cigar because it was named number one in Aficionado, but it's, it's a limited edition. I thought that eliminated it from contention. That's what everybody thought. When it was number one, I think everybody was surprised by that. And then it just made it – it was already hard to find. It just got worse from there. So. Well, it, you know, advertising dollars speak very, very, very loudly. Very yeah, loudly. But, but pick something. Pick an opus or something that you know is a little easier to get. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here on a website where I pulled up the specs on this cigar. And they're selling them for forty nine ninety five each. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I didn't pay that for this one, thankfully. It's a box press torpedo. It's Dominican Republic cigar, Cameroon wrapper, five and three quarter by fifty two ring gauge. Just a good smoke. Probably one of the few Fuente limited releases that I could smoke regularly. But a very good cigar. And but yeah, for MSRP to be twelve fifty on that cigar. And for them to be asking forty nine ninety nine, that's a that's a little ridiculous, I think. But you know, that's yeah. just price gouging at that point. I think that's what that's that's the effects of being the number one cigar and being a hard cigar to get. And Alan, we covered that in great detail during the yeah the time when they were announcing the list. So this week got a bunch of interesting things to talk about. Want to talk about what you can tell about a man by how he smokes his cigar. My sister-in-law is coming down from Iowa for a wedding and is going to be staying at my house with her new boyfriend. Cigar smoker? And she said he is a cigar smoker. So I immediately cannot wait to see first what he chooses from my humidor because I'm going to open the humidor to him. I want him to pick his cigar. And then I want to see how he smokes it, how he cuts it, how he lights it. What do the, what, what you're going to be? Things? You're going to be judging and measuring this man on this criteria, aren't you? Completely. How? I mean, there's people that come into shops and they're like, "Oh, I'm a cigar smoker. I smoke regularly." And then they and go then they straight. Hold it, they go straight for the flavored section, or they hold their cigar like this. <laughs> and they take really small puffs, yeah. and it's very agitating. Well, I always I always say you can tell how long a, someone's been smoking by how naturally the cigar fits in their hand. Like you can definitely tell someone who's held on to a cigar too, versus the person that's still trying to figure out how to make it fit in their hand. Well, I think it starts with the cut, or it actually starts with the cigar selection. 
if he picks from the top shelf of the humidor and chooses to pick something that's of my premium quality, it speaks well and poorly. Okay. It speaks well of him in that he knows good cigars. But it speaks poorly in that he is coming into another man's humidor and choosing from the top shelf. I'm usually, if, I, if somebody opens their humidor to me and says, please have a cigar with me, I'm probably going to pick that value cigar, you know, something probably in that $10, 8 to, $8 to $12 range. I'm probably not going to pick one of their 15 or $20 cigars to go out public. Are your on. top cigars, though, on your top shelf of your humidor? Oh, yeah. Because for I most people, I would almost rearrange it to throw them off, though. See, for most people, they're not. Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't arrange mine that way. That's just not how I'm because the humidity is going to be lower at the top in in a cabinet style like yours. So I'm going to want to keep them in the middle where it's a little bit more average, like where you get a little bit more consistent. Well, my experience has been because when the guys come over for wrestling, I open my humidor up and we pick cigars. And generally, eye level, just like in the grocery store, is where they pick from. And that's yeah. where I try to weigh a little heavier my value cigars. That's where my charter oaks, my shades, my cigars of that kind will lay. It's kind of on that second shelf down kind of at eye level. You know, I have, I've said before when we've talked about this, my go-to is always, well, what are you going to have? Like, I think if someone, especially if you're meeting someone for the first time, hey, let's have a cigar. Here's my humidor. Whether, because if it's as well, I, I'm familiar with this one and this one, so pro- proves he knows what he's talking about and says, but why don't you pick? Why don't I, I'll, I'll have whatever you're, I think that, like, if you're that guy, I think that's the way to go. Well, and that's a perfect, a perfectly reasonable move is, uh, what would you recommend? What have you smoked in here that you really like, that you think I would like? And then, then you're entering talk about it. You don't just reach up to the top and grab a feral pig and go to work. Well, yeah. Yeah, if I go in somebody's house and they open up their humidor and they're like, you know, you can pick whatever you want. And it's like, you know, pick something that you want to smoke. I really kind of hesitate on that because I don't want to pick anything too nice, but I do want something that I'm going to enjoy. And so that's kind of a dilemma. I'd rather have them you know, kind of tell them what I like and have them pick something yeah. for me to smoke. That, that be- way I don't feel like I'm imposing on them. That being said, I have smoked a bejique out of a friend of mine's humidor. Steve, I, I apologize. That was a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure it was one of those times it's like I haven't had the opportunity to smoke. I had never ever. even seen a bejique yet at yeah, that and point. Yeah, you're like, uh, he's saying I can smoke anything. You know what I'm going for. And he had two boxes, and it wasn't the nicest cigar in his humidor. So, oh, see, uh, there you go. Well, and that, now that's <laughs> he's a another, good friend. That's another important thing to look at when you're assessing a foreign humidor is what's their tin of laying in there? Right. You know, what could I pull one out of ten in and not really impact their cigar enjoyment? Yeah, I, at all, so. I tend to go for some... I If I'm talk, looking at a humidor that's got multiple boxes in it, I'm going to go for the box that's got about six missing out of it. Yeah, you never you grab a cigar where it's an open box, but there hadn't been a cigar taken out of it. Or one where there's only five or fewer left. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably so. That'll be the first judgment. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make a list and follow him around with a clipboard during this entire first smoking. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What are you doing? Uh-huh. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love my sister-in-law, and I have to render judgment on this gentleman after he after she after he leaves. So, this is an important qualifying. Then comes the cut. And all. How does how do you? 
if you're trying to impress a future brother-in-law, how do you cut your cigar? I don't ever really feel like I'm being judged in the way that you're going to be judging this poor man. I just wouldn't punch it. As long as he doesn't punch it, I think he's okay. Yeah, he reaches for the punch. I'm really disappointed. Well, the punch is a power move. Because you go for the punch, you better really know what you're doing if you're going for the punch. Now, And the only thing, the only bigger power move than the punch is going for the scissors. Ooh, if you go for the scissors, you're either A, really know what you're doing, or, or B, really you're know. about to ruin that cigar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that really reflects a lot of chutzpah, a lot of confidence in a man that reaches for the, for the scissors. I, I mean, I've been smoking cigars for five years pretty regularly. Wouldn't touch scissors. No, I'm good. Like, if that's all they got, then I'll, I guess I'll have to, but here's the only, not something I feel confident in using. Here's the only thing that I think really to judge him on. Are you trying to judge who he is as a person, or are you just trying to, to figure out, are you really a cigar smoker or not? I'm judging who he is as a person. Okay. Because what I'm thinking is, is I know you have several of this style of cutter. My The only thing that I would judge this person on is if... is how many times they try and pull and, and can't before they figure out how to open the Zycar. Well, really, the only way to pass the cut test is to say, I've got my own, and reach into your pocket and pull out your cutter. No, I don't, I don't think that's true. That, that's a lot of people don't like to. A lot of people don't like to travel with their cutters, you know, well, especially it, if they're flying in. I don't know if he's flying in or driving in. He is flying in. And see, I'm sure, you yeah. know, they're concerned about TSA, you know, I, I get that. So well, I wouldn't... You throw your cutter in the suitcase. Yeah, but... But it's just a weekend wedding. He may not be checking a bag. I don't check a bag no matter how long I'm going for. If it can't fit in a carry-on, it's not coming with me. I don't trust... I don't want to lose luggage. I just don't trust it. You know, I'm, it's funny. Apparently, the criminals over at American Airlines have decided that um, it wasn't enough that they're charging us for bags anymore. They're, tr- they're um, limiting your carry-on now as well. If you buy their cheapest ticket which is all that most of us can afford anymore, you don't even get a carry-on. You get your one personal item and no carry-on. So going to Florida for five, or not Florida, going to Colorado for five days, I have to pack in a backpack. Right. Otherwise, it's 25 bucks to check a bag for five days. How ridiculous is that? Well, so anyway. we, we agree that the smooth operation of the cutter, whatever he chooses, is probably the... I think... I think the the thing with with cutting is is just the confidence factor. How much fiddling is involved, or is it just done? Well, and again, if you find yourself in this gentleman's position and you don't know the cutter, you know, I've got one of the cubes, one of the um, Calibri Quasar cubes. Yeah. yeah. And all and if and if you don't familiar with that operation of it can be a little iffy. It's okay to say, "Hey, I've never used that cutter before. Would you like to cut this for me?" I so I never I never think you invite someone else to cut your cigar. No. If if I if somebody asks you to cut their cigar for them, they're not a cigar smoker. Yeah. Period the end. To the point that even if like I'm going somewhere they're like, "Oh, can I can I cut that for you?" No, but you can hand me a cutter. Yeah. Now, part of the grand trap that I'm laying for him is I plan when it comes lighting time. I'm going to have a soft flame. I'm going to have the quad flame torch. And I'm going to have matches and see which one he goes for. Because each of those speaks to a different kind of man. Well, you also have to think, when, 
we are cigar smokers in a way that most people aren't. So we really can't judge people by our understanding of all these different lighters. And like you and I would recognize soft flame, like super quad jet, like we would before having seen them lit. So I don't really think you can judge this guy having never seen a, a Calibra Julius before going, what the, like, how does that well, work? Here's the thing. If he walks in and he picks up the box of matches and skillfully lights with a box of matches, which is a, that's a skill. Mm-hmm. To skillfully light a cigar well using less than 10 matches is a skill. Are we talking cigar matches or are we talking like Walmart box matches? There are only cigar matches in my home. Okay. See, cigar <laughs> matches are not that difficult to light with. No. Well, but, I, I will have high quality cigar matches. But yeah, I, if you use more than three matches with cigar matches, you you just shouldn't use matches because I mean they burn for quite a while. And I mean, I I do think that's the way to go. I think the match the match is the way to go though, especially if you don't know what kind of lighter you're looking at. I mean, if you don't know the what size it is, how big, how it works, how to light it, whatever. If you see matches sitting there, that's a standard across the board. You know it'll get the job done, and you're not going to look like an idiot in the process. I don't know. There's, there's a little more. The match is a risky move. Yeah, because what if you break the match on the strike? Yeah, what if the first, What if you get that bad match that yeah. doesn't stay lit? That does, and or what if you get the match that when you go to strike it, it's like got a weak point in it and it breaks, and then you just really look like, oh, you were pressing too hard trying to get it to strike. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, a lot of factors that go into this. I, if this I mean, guy listens to this podcast before he comes to my house. His hands are going to be shaking too hard to strike a match. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we can all agree on that, if nothing else, certainly. But the quad flame is acceptable because the quad flame, it's hard to screw up lighting a cigar with the quad flame. Because you can, you take the quad flame, you can control it, you've got plenty of heat, you can execute a good light on your cigar, but. Does he pass the cold draw test? Oh, my God. I feel so (laughs) bad for this guy. Good Lord, Shane. Well, he's going to lose points on the tally sheet if he doesn't give it the cold draw. If he doesn't cut it and give it the cold draw. No, no, that doesn't. Now you're asking to. Now you're looking for demerits just for the sake of being able to issue them. If I was looking for demerits, I would give him a, a lighter that didn't have any fluid in it so I could see his first and second choice. <laughs> I would leave one of the lighters without fluid so well, that if he picks up the quad flame and it don't have fuel, I see if he chooses the matches or the soft it's flame. A little, little Cuban roulette? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not being too harsh. Well, no, I actually... Now, that I actually like. Leave a lighter out that has no fluid in it to see if he does the click, 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 click thing to try and get it to light or if he actually knows how to use it and slow click it then <laughs> yes that, that, it'll be a test because i'll be like i said i'll be taking notes those fast clickers in the cigar shop are very irritating oh, oh yeah they come dr- to me, this ladder don't work yeah they're like and i'll go over there and just like one click and i'll just i'll be like be slow with it be gentle click and it works perfect and it ne- it never fails they're also the same person to throw it on the counter and say this lighter's broken it's like, well, for people doing stuff like that, <laughs> you wonder how it got broken. So everybody out there, if you find again, if you find yourself in this position, what you want to do, push the lighter till you hear a little bit of gas escaping, then go for the click. You most lighters have enough play in the trigger. You can push them till you hear that little bit of gas. Now don't stick your ear next to it and set your hair on fire. That'll take points off. <laughs> but, 
the only way you just click a lighter is like if it's a DuPont, you can click it, and I promise you'll light. Yeah, that's true. But I won't. I won't be presenting him with a DuPont. Well, I typically. I mean, most of your higher end lighters, you can get away like. It may not light the first time, but yeah. usually just a, a reasonably so slow click. It doesn't have to be, be so slow. I mean, yeah, exactly. But if it if it doesn't light, then you can usually like just slow it down a little bit. It'll so what does it say about him if he's a fast smoker as opposed to a slow smoker? That you're talking too much. So if he's, he's going to really smoke slow. fast if he's nervous. Ah. So, but if he's not. I smoke slower when the conversation is good because I'm so busy talking, I'm not drawing on my cigar. So if if he's smoking ridiculously fast, it may mean that he just doesn't feel, he does that's how he's using his time and he's not really talking a whole lot. So it could well, come down to nerves. I am a naturally fast smoker though. You know, Jonathan said it before. I tend to smoke, you know, like it's going out of style. Yeah. Oh, I can. I, I mean, I'm the same way. But if he smokes fast, it's probably because he thinks as soon as you're done with the cigars, he can leave the situation because he feels uncomfortable in it. Well, he's got to hang around to get his score. I was about to say, based on everything that Shane has described <laughs> to this point, I don't, I don't blame him if he just, oh crap, the wrapper blew up on me and put it out and run away. <laughs> Now, and also, you can judge him on if his cigar, if he makes sure that his cigar burns even or not. If he lets it just get out of control and is like, oh, the cigar is not burning right, then you know he doesn't really smoke cigars. That's true. Yeah, you got to be yeah, it, it controlling his smoke, controlling his ash. These are all going to be factors. I want to see the Excel spreadsheet that you put together to measure all of this and the cross this demerits for this but bonus points for that and it'll take a couple of days to lay it out I, I, I'm gonna you're gonna to be like off. you're gonna be like Tom Cruise in Minority Report with that big whiteboard that he's moving I mean we are around. talking about the guy that you know for WWE pay-per-views lays out this like extensive like very detailed betting sheet That's like if true. you've ever gone over there for it, it it's really impressive like if he'll take the time to do that I'm pretty sure he'll take the time to make a very you know detailed spreadsheet for this guy's scoring. Well, one of my buddies, his dad came to a couple of our WWE pay-per-view events. He said, I'm convinced y'all don't like wrestling. Y'all enjoy gambling. <laughs> <laughs> After seeing the depth of the of the betting scheme. Which I maintain is true. It makes it so much more fun to watch pay-per-view, though. It does. It really... Because yeah. it WWE, it, it could be a good pay-per-view. It could be a, a really poor pay-per-view. And a lot of times, it's hard to find a good pay-per-view. So Yeah, you're, you're rolling the dice. Yeah, you're rolling the dice. So it does make it interesting. Well, we are getting about that time. We're, we're getting to the middle of the show. So let's step away. I know we've got a whole bunch of stuff planned for the second half of the show. So let's leave us a little bit of time to get to it all. Uh, in the meantime, listen to and enjoy the Cigar Under 8. And we'll be right back after this. This is Jonathan. I'm back. Um, we're going to do the cigar under eight, and today our cigar under eight is going to be the Xylem 13 Medulla Oblongata. Now, this is a cigar I had never heard of till you just told me about it. They retail at a great price. They come in a 
separated box. One is the oblongata and one is the medulla. Is there different flavors? No, it's going to be the same cigar, one's box pressed and one's uh, traditional round, which is really cool. So it's a um, wrapper is a Corojo Honduran. The origin is Honduran. So a, a Honduran cigar, kind of rare. We don't see a lot of those. No, not at all. Especially on the under eight category. Tell me the tasting notes. Um, so um, they have a darker version and a lighter version. Um, um, I haven't smoked the lighter one, but the darker one, it's going to give you a very like cocoa kind of taste, very chocolatey. It's not strong. Um, I would me- recommend it for new cigar smokers and experienced cigar smokers. Thanks, and everyone enjoy the Asylum 13 Medulla Oblongata. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. And our special guest, Jonathan Brandon. Yep, I'm here again, back from the break. And Jonathan, you're graduated college, you're looking for jobs, you're getting everything together. What all's going on in your life? What's exciting? I just moved out of my apartment, so uh, I've got at my parents' house in the living room right now. I literally have tubs upon tubs, so I'm having to go through that right now. But um, So you're homeless is what you're telling us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to sell that on a date. Hey, honey, yeah. you want to go back to mom and dad's house? <laughs> Especially when you don't even have the Greg Brady garage apartment to go back to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, but now Tuscaloosa... That was an attic, wasn't it? <laughs> well, Tuscaloosa to here is about three and a half hours. How did you transport your cigars? Uh, they were in a humidor, so uh, I just had a small humidor. I didn't keep a lot of cigars in my apartment. Um, I had a locker down there, and I still do, so um, majority of my cigars stay in that locker. Well, and you worked at a shop down yeah, there, so, so that you didn't It didn't benefit me to buy boxes. It was just I bought them as I wanted them because it was the same price either way. So what have you smoked new from the show that really impressed you? Ooh, I don't think I've smoked much from the show, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't think I've smoked anything new from the show. Most of the stuff that we got in so far has just been uh, restocking stuff that, that we've been out of. And uh, I know most of the newer stuff doesn't actually come out and hit shelves until late September, early October. So. Well, the Black Market Esteli arrived here last week from Alec Bradley. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I did, too. Yeah, that I was released it. at last year's show, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he just got them this year, so that, yeah. that that tells you something about the timeline we're working on. <laughs> but I'll, I'm hoping it's sometime before I die I'll get the Kentucky but Fire Cure Suite. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's very interesting, though, that came out of the show. Like, all the Liga stuff, I'm really intrigued by. Um the new tabernacle from foundation is probably the thing i'm most excited to smoke um and then uh they actually have a uh wise man maduro lancero that's going to be limited edition that's coming out i'm really excited about that also well and okay i've got to ask because we've talked about the tabernacle in depth and i know the tabernacle is one of your go-to sticks mm-hmm. um the tabernacle has it lost any of its shine or is it still great to you I think it's still great. Um, not something that I smoke as often as I used to, though. Um, kind of back bounce, back, uh, bounce back and forth between. Uh, I occasionally smoke a Tabernacle. I smoke a lot of Pistania Broadleaves. Um, the uh, Fable by Fourth Prime is really good. Um, I've actually really gotten into Warped cigars lately. Um, those are really good. I like the uh, Lirio. I think it's called the Lirio. Um, it's like a little 
Corona size. Um, it's about $9. Really good smoke, though. So Trey and I have talked a lot on this show about how our palate tends to change with the weather. How does your Do you notice a change in your palate as it gets cooler or warmer? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, don't, I don't really notice that. I typically just smoke darker cigars year-round anyways. Um, so that's what I stick to most of the time. Well, and I wonder, you know, Trey and I spend a tremendous amount of time out of doors. Mm-hmm. Trey even more so than I. Next week you're going to be running up a mountain. Yeah. And all in Colorado. Not with a cigar. Now, do, do they? Okay, so when y'all all line up, where are the bears? Are the bears in cages back? Do they give y'all like a quarter mile and let the bears go? <laughs> they give us a full mile. They give you a full mile? Yeah. Because okay, that's the only way I'm getting up that mountain. <laughs> It'd have to be like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. It'd be the running of the bears is the only way you're getting me up Pikes Peak. <laughs> but I do notice, though, in the summertime when the weather, when it's hotter outside, I, I smoke less, though. I don't smoke as much. I smoke more in the winter. Okay, so you're a little bit into the King B. What are your thoughts? Uh, flavor starts out the same. It stays consistent pretty much halfway through the cigar. I haven't experienced any changes. Um, I'm not getting a whole lot of flavor out of it. Um, on the Retro Hell, you do get that spice, though, um, which is enjoyable. But um, it's a good cigar. Uh, we were talking about this on the break, and Shane said, why aren't you guys recording this? But... You know, that is my biggest complaint with the King and the Queen Bee is that I just don't get much out of them. I always, it always leaves me wanting a little more. I don't really taste anything in, unless I do a retro hill on it. No. So. Okay, so Trey, what's, how's the Oliva? Oh, it's fantastic. I notice your mood's improving. You came in here kind of busy, kind of, kind of flustered. It yeah. looks like you're relaxing. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm slowly I, starting to unwind. The day is starting to fall away. Well, before we get to the game, we are going to play a game tonight because Jonathan's here. But before we get to the game, I do want to talk for a moment. Another article came out about Altia being against the premium cigar exemption. Is this the half-wheel article? This was the half-wheel article. The one that I didn't want to like because it it made me change my position? It it did not make me change. I understand it, but I do not change my position. This feels to me, and I love Half Wheel, but it does feel to me like maybe a big advertiser happens to be Nat Sherman. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, so they had an article on Half Wheel. I'm not going to recap the whole article. It was six reasons about the Altria, why they made the decision they did. The heart of it, I believe, is this. As part of the Tobacco Control Act, Congress established the FDA's Center for Tobacco, um, that division funded by user fees, which are paid by six different types of tobacco products. Cigarettes, cigars, snuff, pipe tobacco, chewing tobacco, and roll-your-own tobacco. And I believe Altia made this decision because if premium cigars get exempt, they're going to have to pay a higher percentage of this fee out of their cigarette business, their machine-made cigarettes and cigars and everything business. So I think what they would lose in this fees with premium cigars being exempted out out distances what they would earn with Nat Sherman. I read it a little bit differently, but it's been about a week since I did, so I'm not going to... But it seemed to me like they actually stand the potential to lose out on this, on their position. But I think the issue was that right now uh Premium cigars for for the for the piece of that pie that is allocated to cigars. 
premium cigars, as we know them, hand-rolled cigars, uh, account for about 96% of the payers of that user fee. Whereas machine-made cigars, like your Swishers and your Black and Milds, um, those only account for something like 4% of all of the, the payout into that fund. Yet, those types of cigars make up over 50% of what is smoked. In, and I think, if I was reading it correctly, what that was saying is that them taking the position was to bring the balance so that the premium cigars are, are not footing as much of that bill relative to the volume of their product that's sold. But if a premium cigar exemption goes through, then the portion that premium cigars will pay in will have to be distributed through the other product. No, they still have to pay that. That the the cigarette ex, the cigar exemption, the premium cigar exemption, does not get them out of that user fee. Well, it's it comes down to I've still think Altius ran the numbers and said for our bottom line, the best thing to do is for us to assassinate Nat Sherman. And they sent the hitman and they killed Nat Sherman. I mean, look, I'm not saying my position has changed, but Charlie's article on Half Wheel really, really did make sense. And it made a good case for why they chose not only to hold the position they do, but to make it public. Yeah, and he did, and, the, and I will be in all fairness to the to Nat Sherman. Nat Sherman, it's not like the Altia consulted their company before they did this. Right. I feel sorry for the Nat Sherman reps. They got a raw deal out of this out of this move. And I mean, I'm I'm sure. Actually I actually know one guy that left a really good job with a cigar company to go work for Nat Sherman recently, and uh, regretting I'm, that a bit. Yeah, probably very much so regretting that right now. Yeah, I can't imagine he's not. But on to the fun stuff. All right. I'm enjoying the eye of the shark in honor of Sharknado Week. So once a year we do this. This is a we're paying homage to Corolla on this. Corolla mm-hmm. does the Rotten Tomatoes game. Basically I'll name one of these great monster movies that I love. Anything with a giant monster, a giant rubber lizard chasing a G.I. Joe, I'm in. And CGI has just made these movies so much more fun to watch because you get so much, such a great variety. See, I miss the I miss the miniatures and the bad foam monsters and the I, I like the old school ones where you can actually see the guy in like wearing the puppet suit trying to make all stomping all the you know uh, no, Eiffel CG- Tower out of popsicle sticks. No, CGI is is where it's at. It's yeah. come so far. Now bad CGI, I will agree with Trey. I would rather see puppets over bad CGI because bad CGI is just bad. But there's so little bad CGI. Oh, not like nowadays. I'm talking technology. about like early 2000 CGI. Oh, yeah. 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 First, first gen CGI was yeah, not that great. You no. can pretty much see the, the hatch patterns and everything like that in it. But so the Rotten Tomatoes game, I'll name a movie. You two will both decide on a score and then you will give me your score. And we'll see how your score compares to what the Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, we're supposed to write ours down so we can't change well, it after we hear the I'm gonna, other I'm going to tr- trust y'all on the honor system oh, okay. here. We're cigar smokers. We're gentlemen. We're men of honor. I'm going to yeah. trust, and I'll alternate back and forth who goes first. All right. Okay. So we'll, we'll keep it simple, and I'll write down what your numbers are. And are we doing critic score? 
We're going to do critic score where we can. Some of these don't have a critic score. I wouldn't think so. Some of the more obscure ones, for some reason, the critics have poo-pooed them, which I, I can't understand. Or just not reviewed them at all? Yeah. What a bunch of hypocrites. Are you a movie critic or not? But we're going to start out this with an easy one. <laughs> we're going to start out with an easy one. 2018, Rampage. Dwayne The Rock Johnson stars in a game. It's a movie based on a video game. Now, yeah. Jonathan, I know you're too young to have played Rampage very much, if ever. I, I don't think I have. Trey, have you ever participated? Oh, heck yeah. Great game, completely pointless. You're just a giant monster smashing buildings ad infinitum. But a lot of fun. The Rock starred in this. There was a giant gorilla. There was a giant lizard and a wolf that for some reason flew. I still ain't sure about the flying wolf part, but I'm, I'm going to let it slide. So, 2018 Rampage. We'll let our guest go first. Jonathan, what will you guess the Rotten Tomatoes score? This will be the critic's score. 41. 41. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Trey, what are you guessing? I was going to say 36. Just a second. I'm writing it I was down. thinking 37, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I said 41, right? Yeah. Okay. You said 41, and Trey said 36? Yep. Rampage, certified rotten, 52. Oh. All right. So, not a bad. I not, thought about going into the 50s, but I was like, there's no I way. I did, too. I just 50s. didn't see it happening. Well, but I would say the audience score was 77. I would have expected it to be up near 80. And I always go see these movies because I like to support the genre. Yeah. You know, you, Dwayne you, When you say it, you will clarify whether we're doing the audience score or the critic score. I'll critic let you score. know up front. Because audience score is always, always going to be, be 15 way. points higher than yeah. the critics, at least. So let's go back. Unless it's like the artist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's go back in time just a little bit further to 1999. Jonathan, how old were you in 1999? Four years old. Oh Four years God. old. Man, I'm old. <laughs> Now, you and me was, both. This was another wide-release movie. This was a big movie of the summer. We had Bill Pullman. We had Oliver Platt. We had Be- Betty White. Had a pretty pretty loaded cast for this, and it was Lake Placid. Oh, I forgot what Betty White was in Lake Placid. Lake Placid. Giant crocodiles take over a lake in Massachusetts, or a giant crocodile takes over a lake in Massachusetts. Never even heard of this movie. You should watch it. Oliver Platt is one of the most underrated actors of our generation. I love Oliver Platt. <laughs> I have not thought about this movie in ages. So this was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Now, did you know that there are seven Lake Placid movies? No. I think I, th- I would have guessed three. We'll come back to that. Because oh, God. <laughs> we have further info on the, on the Lake Placid movie line. But Lake Placid from 1999. Okay, Jonathan went first last time. Real quick, do you want me to go first or I don't have like an advantage by hearing what Trey said? Because I have no idea what this movie is. No, that's I trust that you're going to get a number in your head. Lock okay. in your number. Honestly, I, give me a second to lock in a number. All right, yeah, we can, we can lock stall Lock in your number. More. Okay, um, I've got my number locked in, so you're good. Right. Trey, you have oh. your number. Uh, is this critic score? This will be the critic score All right. for Lake Placid. I am going to say probably th- these are these movies are so hard because you always want to go low on the credit score. But there's a lot of actors in this. I mean, there's names attached to this one. This ain't this ain't one of the more obscure titles. This is it's a true, game. but it's but it makes me want to say forty nine. Forty nine. Trey has chosen forty nine. My number was going to be forty six. 
what Jonathan I has chosen 46. So both of you. I was like, if he says 40, like 45, <laughs> I'm going to feel like such a dick. So 46 for Jonathan. Good guess from both of you. Lake Placid, rotten at 40%. Ah. And I would like to say this was an unfair review that they gave to this movie. Uh, critics' comments was faux horror. Shtick fails to elicit any laughs or sh- Betty White cussing like a sailor is funny in any movie. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Absolutely a great movie. I disagree with the critics 100%. All right. So 30, you said 36 on the first one, 41. So I'll, we'll tally points. up the scores I'm afterwards. Just, so he's got, he's got about nine points on me already. He's pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. No, nine points can go away real quick, though. It, so It only takes one movie to get like a right. 78, and you guess like a 30-something. So now we're going to talk about the fifth movie in the Lake Placid series. Now, the Lake Placid series took a turn in the fourth movie. The fourth movie, they brought in Robert England, a Freddy Krueger frame, fame, yeah. and brought in Yancey Butler. Anybody here know Yancey is. Butler? No. Yancey Did Bl- the fifth one hit the theaters? Oh, no, no. Nothing after one hit the theaters. Okay. Yancey Butler was the witch. This movie was so bad it came out on video while they were still making it. (laughs) That's right. Yancey Butler, she's a great actress. She's world-renowned. She was the Witchblade in sci-fi circles. She has that cult following. She was introduced in... You're saying a lot of words right now. She was introduced in Lake Placid number four as the cure for reptile dysfunction. Oh, God. (laughs) I've waited a year to use that I've got my number. (laughs) But On that one, line alone, I've got well, my number. Now, this one, they gilded the lily a little. This is Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh, God. And all, everybody remembers Anaconda with Jennifer Lawrence. Everything, we rated it last year. You can go back to past shows to see that. And there is only an audience score on this because apparently the critics did not deem it worthy of their oh, time. This could that be makes it tough. That, make, that, that makes, makes it, it real really tough. tough. So this is, a, and I will say I've seen the movie. I enjoyed the movie tremendously. Had a great plot. They were trying to cure cancer using a combination of anaconda and crocodile DNA. Who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) So, great movie. Had a lot of high points in it. Had Yancey Butler. Had Robert England, Freddy Krueger. He played a drunk, disorderly, you know, money grubber, which is the role he was born to play. So, what will you score? We'll start with Jonathan. What do you score? Give me a second. Okay, hold on. Lock your numbers in. All right. All right, I'm going to go 51. Oh. oh, Jonathan goes 51 on Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Trey? 59. 59. Lake Placid versus Anaconda, very unfairly, scored rotten at 15%. <laughs> By the people? By the people. <laughs> If you would have said critics, I was going 19. Oh, yeah. I was, I was critics, down in the teens. I was, I was 19. So, oh, that's funny. So, staying with our theme of versus movies, our next movie. Right. Shane built this movie up like that people were really going I enjoy. really, you know, when you get those crossovers, I expect the fans to be on board. Yeah. I, so, you got another eight points on me on that one. So, now comes another in the versus series. Last year, we rated Sharktopus. The military developed a half-shark, half-octopus hybrid. And this is 2014's Sharktopus versus Terracuda. 
<laughs> a pterodactyl barracuda. Pterodactyl barracuda. So now, this is what's great about this movie. Not only did a tremendous he, flight. I wish he had picked Horrible movies overnight. that I've actually seen. So not only well, you live a sheltered life if you've not seen Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Conan I've never heard I'm, of I'm Sharktopus. I'm happy being in that shelter. Yeah. Conan O'Brien was beheaded in this movie. How can you not watch it at all? But Sharktopus versus Terracuda. I like the fact that they actually took a dinosaur and a modern animal. So first they had to get a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed. Did they explain that in the film? Oh yeah, How yeah. There's get, all okay. kinds of research and all kinds. I mean, these rock solid science behind these movies. Oh, I'm one. certain. Yeah. And all, but Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Please lock in your numbers. And we're doing the audience score. No critic score on Sharktopus versus Terracuda. I got mine. You're good. All right. Okay, and this time we will start with Trey. Twenty-four. Really? Yeah. 24 was my number. Really? Oh, <laughs> choosing 24. What? <laughs> That's nuts. Sharktopus versus Terracuda is rated rotten at 38%. Wow. So nobody lost any ground. Nobody made up any ground on Sharktopus I'm really Terracuda. sorry about that. But no, I had 24 set before. That's like, hilarious. Yeah. Okay, and in the interest of a movie Jonathan may have actually seen that actually came out during his adult lifetime. I've mean, seen a lot of movies that came out before I was born. I just haven't seen. He's like, not Austin. These, these terrible <laughs> well, movies. Well, the final movie of the night, 2017, Kong Skull Island. So Samuel L. Jackson's in this movie. movie. Oh, such it was a great. Such my a good only movie. complaint about this movie was they used it to kind of protest the Vietnam War for some reason. Yeah. I and just... Kong never Kong never made it to the city to climb the Empire State yeah. Building in this movie. But the graphics were excellent. This is a summer box blockbuster. It's part of the um, cinematic universe, the Universal Studios monsterverse, Godzilla, the forthcoming Godzilla King of Monsters, which I'm very excited about. And also Kong Skull Island, and we do have a critic score on Kong Skull Island. So, Jonathan, Trey, lock in your numbers. I'm good. I think I'm good. Jonathan, what is your number? 54. 42. Jonathan goes 54. Trey goes 42. Actually, Kong. I think it's probably like 20-something, so you're probably going to make up some ground on me. Kong Skull Island, certified fresh at 75%. Wow. You got wow. me in every single one. Wow. Wow. For Kong Skull Island. Now I can the tell critics them. rated it 74%. Critics gave it That's 75%. That's very impressive. I really wouldn't have expected yeah. it from that genre of movie. Offering exhilarating eye candy, solid acting, and a fast-paced story. Now, also, it starred Tom Hiddleston, which is kind of with his Well, role. now you tell me. I want to change my score. That, that would have that <laughs> been good for 10 points, wouldn't it? For another 10%. But I will have to add up the scores. No, you don't. He... he beat me on every single one. I believe Jonathan did Jonathan take the title from Trey in this We can event. do one more movie if you want to. I didn't prepare another movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, I, but I will, however, since, since, you have, since you have asked, I will let you guess the fan score on Kong Skull Island for an extra point. What was the fan score? Please lock in your number. Hmm. I don't remember hearing much about this movie, but I guess it's probably like 85, mid-80s. I was going to say 84. Yeah. 85, 84. This is a rare movie. The fans rating, 69. Oh. Really? 
I and guess I, also, I should have Jonathan beat you. I guess yeah. I guess I should have seen that coming though. If in that genre, if the critics are going to like it, the fans probably aren't. It's it's generally done that way. Yeah. I could see where fans wouldn't like it because they would think going into it, it's going to be like a King Kong kind of movie, and it didn't have that like iconic Eiffel Tower scene. Well, and this this weekend, Meg comes out, which is a giant shark movie. Oh, I can't wait. It's got Jason Statham. Stay, yeah, Jason whatever. Statham. It's yeah. a great novel I've read. Yeah. He has seven books. I've read all seven. It's absolutely wonderful. You know it's just going to be like Jason Statham jumping off a boat, throwing like C4 in this like shark's mouth and like blowing it up. You just know it's going to happen. You heard it here fo- first, oh, folks. Thanks, Jonathan. Just ruined the movie. <laughs> Don't even jump in the movie. Cancel my tickets. <laughs> no, it's going to be like they're, they're definitely blowing this this uh, megalodon or whatever up. So, it's if be it holds, very, very action packed. If it holds to the book, you may be surprised. But so one more cigar related. Let's close out with a cigar related story tonight, just so everybody leaves with a clean palate. Speaking of cigar related stuff, I'm very impressed by how slow Shane is smoking the cigar. That's because I've been passionately talking about a Oh, I know, but it's just like he smoked a a cigar that was about the size of a Robusto. Yeah, you know, it's box pressed and everything, but, you know, it's still taking him. When he's on game show host duties, it tends to slow him down quite a bit. Yeah, but even still, man, I've seen him like chief down to 660 in like, you know, less than 45 minutes. Same. Well, I I do enjoy my cigars, and there's no need to dilly dally. For our final story tonight, I will give y'all... That's going to be on your tombstone. That's right. No need to dilly-dally. No need to (laughs) dilly-dally. For our final story tonight, I will give you two the choice. Would you like to hear about the world's sharpest cutter and how much it costs, or U.S. tourism to Cuba? Personally, I'm I'm leaning towards the sharpest cutter. Yeah, me too. Okay. Because tourism to Cuba, I don't... Okay. I'm an accessories guy. I want to hear about the cutter. The... Canosador is a new cutter, been issued by, let me get the company's name up here so that I get them right. Tell and me it's Damascus Damascus. It is steel. Damascus Steel. Yeah, it would have to be. And I'll Damascus Cutter, take a look Take a look at this cutter. Is that not beautiful? Oh, oh wow. wow. Mother, and per- Mother of Pearl Imlay. Damascus cut. Damascus. Oh, you can blades. even see the Damascus blades in there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Acid etch Damascus. So if you acid etch the Damascus, it really brings that color yeah. out. Um, the housing is beautiful. It doesn't look like it will cut that big of a ring gauge, though. No, it doesn't. I like. It's, it looks like it's going to be good for about a fifty ring gauge, and that's pushing it on that. I like the octagonal finger holds. Those are really cool. Yeah, it is a double guillotine cutter. Does open up. It is boasts having. Um, it's a Finnish cigar company. Um, Finnish does make good stuff, though. No, and the company is actually called Canosador. The cutter itself is actually called the Octa. Okay, which makes and sense. And also, yeah. how much would you pay for the Octa? Wait, how much would I pay or how much are they asking? How, well, you're going to have to pay <laughs> what they ask. You ain't going to find one of these at a yard sale. How much would you think manufactured suggested retail price on the twelve ninety nine? Twelve ninety nine, Jonathan. Twelve hundred and ninety nine. Yeah. N- not including import duties and taxes to get it here from Finland. Um, I'll go four hundred dollars. 
$400. He beat me again, I know. But <laughs> and I'll, Actually, it's pretty much a tie. The Okta retails for 795 euros, which is approximately $950. Yeah. Wow, so, so you did win on that, I think. Yeah, Trey actually got a little closer yeah. to the actual retail price. But he. But if over. we were playing Price of Right rules, I that's right. Over. <laughs> if we were going Price is Right rules, Trey would have lost. Well, I knew I was shooting high on that one, but that's still—I mean, a thousand dollars for a cutter. Well, I mean, I just—I just can't imagine. Like that's one of those not even lottery money purchases. I mean, you me. have Zycar that they make—they make a cutter. You know, the X. Uh, what is it? Xi three is what they call this. Yeah. Um, and it's with made with fossilized mammoth bones. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's $499. Right. Day. I mean, I just don't... I just, what's funny about that is that what you're paying for is the finish, not the function. Yeah. And, and the nice no, thing the about... the function is great, but it does the same thing that a $39, you know, XI2 yeah. will do. And that's why I'm saying, like, with the Zycar that we both have here tonight, you know, if it ever goes dull on me, I just send it back to them and they sharpen yeah. it. You know? Well... And here's my question. Has anyone here actually ever wore out a cutter yes. before they lost yes. it? Yes. I've actually got um, – this one has been sent back and rehoned the edge on it. And the Calibri S-Cut, the straight-cut version of the uh, of the V-Cutter, is at my house right now. It's got a nick in the blade somehow that I need to send back what to What are you them. doing, pruning roses with no, it? it? No, the um, – the Lotus Jaws cutter is very bad about it. Um, if you, like, cut it wrong and one of those little jaws gets bent, it won't allow the cutter to close all the way. And you basically just have to, like, squeeze until you break it, until you break the uh, the little nick off. And even then, I mean, it still just feels kind of rough. Great cutter, but as far as, like, the maintaining of the style of cut that it does, it's not ideal. That's the one with the serrated blade, too, yeah. right? Yeah. That serration gets messed up, yeah. and it's a nightmare. I mean, you're talking about really tight tolerances on these blades coming together and just the slightest imperfection. Because if they don't have tight tolerances, then you get that... You get cut, that weird... You get that weird cut where you have, like, it's yep. cut, and then you have, like, a little... Ledge. Little, like, edge, ledge or whatever. Yeah. And kind then, of a high-top fade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that irritates me. Um, very much so. So um, you see that on like cheap cutters, like you your cutters you can pick up for like three four bucks. Most cigar shops have them. They're plastic. You'll wear those blades out, even if they cut good the first couple times. After about ten cuts, they're so wore out yeah. that it, you basically just squeeze the cigar until it busts. Well, the Damascus steel cutter, I have a feeling you could you could use it to prune ro- prune rose bushes. Oh, I'm sure you could. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's one of those lifetime estate pieces that you hand down generations and things like that. That being said, thousand dollars for a cutter is. If I'm paying a thousand dollars for a cutter, I would like to see you know like Zycar come out with like Damascus steel, where the whole thing's Damascus steel, and then has like. Something like really cool off of like a you know do like a Japanese series where they do like a Japanese katana handle or something yeah. on the side. That would be really cool. I think. Yeah. I well, could see where somebody would pay a thousand dollars for that because like you know it's going to be sharp and it's going to be of the best quality. So or like St Dupont if it was a Dupont, okay, I can see a thousand dollars. Well, because they've got that series of lighters and pins that has like the meteorite oh, in yeah. it and stuff like that. So I mean, you get up there. With their, and so, I mean, from a price point standpoint, they're actually probably not the most expensive cutter even on the market. No. Um, but also, to me, it doesn't look... It's nice looking. I, I like how it looks. Um, but it looks too simple to be a $1,000 cutter. Yeah. It's I'd got, like need, to see a little more is, engineering in it. Yeah. Instead of just like a regular guillotine that's made out of nice stuff. Yeah. Well, and you can't discount finish quality. 
No, you can't. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I have, I, I've had experience with, uh, you know, Finnish rifles, and uh, don't get me wrong, they do do some fantastic work on stuff like that, engineering stuff. But uh, they can take a Mosin Nagant and turn it into something that's actually an accurate rifle, which is amazing. But um, when you look at it, just it's too simple. Well, it's so you, you cold in more. Finland. What do they have to do but stay indoors and design stuff? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, needed, it just needs something yeah. else. It needs a better design than what they did. Well, had a lot of fun tonight on the show tonight. Glad y'all humored me for my Rotten Tomatoes game about giant monster movies. Absolutely. Well, in the meantime, uh, we're going to step away for this week, but we'd love to hear from you. Get a hold of us on Facebook.com slash TheCigarCast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheCigarCast. And head on over to iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Uh, It just helps other people find us and helps move us up in the rankings. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. And until next week, have a good cigar and think well of us. Thank you.